0: And welcome to episode four of the brass Cast. I am Zoe Wright, your host, and today I am joined by baritone player and conductor, Margie Antrobus. So Margie was born in England to English parents, but moved with her parents to Norway at the age of three years old. Beginning her musical journey playing for the Manga Youth Band, she was heavily influenced by the well-established band and community around her and the high level of brass players playing for Manga Music Lag and Ikanga Bjorskvig Music Lag and the teachers at Manga Folk Hog School. In 1995, Margie joined Manga Music Lab before moving to the Yorkshire Building Society Band in 1997 while she was studying her undergraduate degree in band musicianship at Salford University and her Masters in Musicology at the University of Manchester. In 2002, Margie decided to move back to Norway to start work as a tutor and later on as a conductor. Margie started working at Manga Folk Hog School in 2013 the same year, she returned to Manga Music Lag on solo Baritone. In 2017, she was promoted to Deputy Principal at Manga Folk Hog School and she is also a member of the team of conductors that work on the brass band course at the school. In the last couple of years, Margie has been conducting the Manga Old Star Brass Band, and is looking forward to working with Flesland Music Lag later in 2021. And obviously, before we get into it, a massive thank you to Margie for being a part of this. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to chat to you and ask you a, a lot of questions.
1: <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Yes, Very honoured.
0: <laughs> and we'll just we'll go straight into it, shall we? Let's. So, can you just tell us when and why you started playing, and how your musical journey began? Where your all your inspiration to start playing came from?
1: I think it was around about uh, nineteen eighty six. That's a long time ago. <laughs> uh, when I uh, started in Manga School Band, the youth band there, um, started on cornet, and we had the. Uh, our teacher was the soprano corner player, Tjötil Mokken, for uh, Manga at the time. And that was, that was great fun. I uh, decided that this was definitely something I wanted to do, so I carried on playing. And uh, I had an absolutely fantastic time with that band. It was one of the best school bands in Norway at the time. We were even at the Europeans a couple of times and won the nationals here in Norway. Um, I think all that is due to, as you said, the environment around Manga where it's just so filled with tradition of brass band and, and fantastic players everywhere. Um, I think my inspiration probably came from my dad, a Michael Antrobus who was conducting brass bands. He conducted Black Dyke before we moved to Norway and he conducted Många Musiklag and Eikon Albiostvik. And I was always around listening. I remember going to concerts with Eikon Albiostvik and in, in my head, I mean, it's not like that, but in my head they played Paganini, every concert because I I loved it so so that was just loved listening to it and I I just wanted to play and my dad had instruments at home so I always was always picking them up and playing and um, I wasn't doing that and he was in his study listening to music and I would be would bring my little pony (laughs) in and sit on the floor and listen to music with him so I think that's the main inspiration but just everything out here was was so so interesting so vibrant and alive with all the music Obviously, their inspiration came from England just a couple of years before that. So yeah, that's how it all started.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. And uh, we'll delve into a little bit more about the environment around Manga um, Mm. a little bit later on because it is a fantastic place. So kind of jumping on obviously from your early years of playing. So in 1997, you came over to the UK to study on the band course at Salford University. And obviously your parents are English, but you're a Norwegian student, really. What was it that kind of drew you to the band course at Salford?
1: David King. That's a simple answer. He was he was conducting a uh, manga. When, when I started playing there from 95 to 97, he was conducting, but before that as well. And uh, he was at the Folk High School. I went to the Folk High School in 96, 97. Mm-hmm. And he he was at the Folk High School that year. As well as conducting, and it had loads of conversations, and he he said that that would be a good place to be. So I thought, okay, so yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'd always planned to go study music, so why not? Why not there? It was a good good thing to do in my mind. And and David King was an absolute um, best teacher I could have imagined. So that's that's why I went there. Yeah.
0: So, obviously, it, at the time, that, that course, that banding course itself, it was the banding course yeah. to go on. What was it like? Did you enjoy it? What were some of the challenges? What was it like? Because, obviously, I hear about it being this amazing course, and obviously there's not really an equivalent to it anymore. But what was that like?
1: It was, uh, I don't know, if for a naive Norwegian girl to come over there and start uh, that course, it was Quite an eye-opener there's so many fantastic musicians round about uh, both teachers and and co-students and it was just buzzing with life people were there at all hours some of us right there was quite a large group of Scandinavians there at the time we were always practicing so the the, the others used to think we were quite geeky <laughs> but then we made sure we went to the pole afterwards with them but it was, it was just, there was, there was so much to learn and so much to do and, and just having lessons with, with Derek King. I mean, they, they could last four hours. It, it was um, fantastic. Didn't play all that time. He played some <laughs> as well. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was just, um, you'd be sitting there uh, practising and just above the doors was this little window and then you'd have like uh, uh, Gavin Saino's eyes just popping through there looking at who was playing. <laughs> so there was always someone there that was... That's a, a fun memory for me, because he always used to do that. I used mm. to think that was great fun. And also with uh, the subjects that they had, also 20th century romantic music, everything was in interest for me. So I just took it all in. I loved it, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. So whilst you were studying in the UK, that's when you joined the Yorkshire Building Society band on solo baritone, and you were there for around about five years. How do you kind of look back on and reflect on that time that you were with the band?
1: That was an amazing time. I came in just as uh, I'd heard them just before, uh, which was at the Europeans in Bergen in '96, I suppose. Uh, and we uh, we played. I was with Anger then, and we played um, masked bands with uh, YBS at this concert on the Sunday. Uh, we played "Just as I Am." It was just an experience to sit there and listen to all these sounds around you. I, I was used to great sounds and amazing players, but, but this was just a completely different level. And, and it was just inspiring, which was also a draw point for me to come to Salford mm-hmm. because Dave King told me that he, he would like me to come play first baritone there. So that, that was enormous. And then when I got there and uh, I remember the first rehearsal, we sat down, because we were going to do the British Open but then, of course, Princess Diana yeah. was killed and, and it was postponed. But um, it was wits and wakes. And uh, you come in there, you don't know anybody. I'd met Shona uh, and I'd met Aelia before, but nobody else. <laughs> and it's out there and you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you just deliver. That's, that's what you do. And uh, I, I was sitting there and music was going on and you get to this, tiny little solo uh, on the baritone it starts in the third octave C and I just thought just gonna go for it I I was scared out of my mind but it just had to go for it but I mean it was it uh, it went it went absolutely fine no problem Uh, and the band was very very supportive and obviously very so many kind people there Mm. like you and Shona Morgan and Mike baritone of Love course. Mike. Of yeah. course, Mike's
0: <laughs> still, obviously, he's still well, he's at Hammond's now. He's still there. Yeah. He's, yeah. Not, he's not
1: left. He's a fantastic guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that, that was amazing. I think I think probably you could characterise it as time of my life in, in band setting. It, mm-hmm. it was just absolutely wonderful. Everything we did was so well thought through and uh, just playing with those people was was absolutely amazing absolutely amazing John Davis on bass he used to make me laugh so much absolutely wonderful Simon Cowan on trombone fantastic yeah. it's it's it, yeah fantastic memories um all the concerts we did and also all the competitions I mean I, I don't tend to remember a lot of competitions because I've come off stage and think, what, what did I just do? I don't know. Then <laughs> you listen to it afterwards and go, oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> but concerts, I remember. And just because you basically lived on, on the band bus. and I felt like it was every weekend. I don't think it was, but it felt like it was every weekend. And, and that was life and I had loads of time to do it. So it was wonderful. And just making music with, with people who have the same kind of ideas as you. Uh, float around the same kind of sound ideals that you have is that's quite unique Mm -hmm. I don't don't think I've had it neither before or after that exact thing that that was that was very very special yeah
0: you can't like replicate that again
1: no no way no
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could go and go back in time and be able to listen to that band live obviously because recordings are, are phenomenal but I wish I could be sitting in that band live because it is amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, So personally for you, what were some of the highlights? If you had to pick point some of the performances, anything, what were some of your personal highlights with the band?
1: The first one that comes to mind is Blitz at the Europeans in 98, it must have been, It was absolutely magical. Uh, and just the atmosphere in the hall uh, and everything around it and people were just playing beautifully and things were just, it just came together so well Um, and I hadn't I think that was probably one of the first times I played to that level because we'd done some contests before that but but the Europeans is something special, it's something else and the energy in in the hall when we were playing was, was just absolutely crazy and then the last note, and they just went absolutely wild. <laughs> but the whole the whole run up there with Ewan playing uh, playing flugelhorn. I mean, just just listening to him day in day out. I mean, I could just listen to him. Yeah. That would be absolutely fine. They had Nick Hudson playing the trombone, which was beautiful. Ian Porthouse on on principal, phenomenal, and Morgan Griffiths, of course, yes. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's one. Um, don't know all, all the concerts that we did were where you had the capacity to just like get your head out of the music and look up and enjoy the music, enjoy making music with everybody else. That 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 happened all the time. And I think that's probably my, my favourite thing, where you, you could communicate in the middle of a song. You could just like, you're playing and you just lift your eyes and someone would look back at you and you'd you have that connection to them. And uh, maybe if you had a passage you were playing together, you would know exactly who it was and you could just, everybody had, had, the chance to lift their head and see what's going on and really enjoy it. And that, that's my favorite thing, mm-hmm. making music there and then live. Perfect, yeah. yeah.
0: Just absolute magic.
1: It is magic, absolutely. And when you have that quality of players, then, then you can do it. You can, Sharon and I had something together. I mean, I knew how she played, she knew how I played and, and you would just follow each other. And you, you knew it was, gonna, it was gonna be good because you had that feeling. Mm, so that that was uh, that's amazing i mean, i think i could I could probably mention loads of contests, but I think masters where we did Tristan encounters that was also amazing and I think although uh some of the most amazing pieces for contests are the ones that are really loud and <laughs> and for the big bang um, The best part of those pieces is when they 're so quiet that that you just you're kind of holding your breath because you don 't know what 's going to happen, and everybody around you is just in the moment and um, playing beautifully. And, and nobody's dropping the ball anywhere. It's, it's just wonderful. That's another one of those. So yeah. Blitz, Tristan Encounters, full control. That was absolutely amazing to be a part of.
0: Yeah. And uh, obviously recently Shona's produced the YouTube series, hasn't she, where there's yeah. a, a selection of you all discussing all your time at YBS obviously there's not much thanks to COVID and recently but obviously because of COVID it meant that you could all get together and reflect on that time together how was it for you to kind of sit there like and be with everyone and all kind of have all these memories come flooding back and was it nice to reflect with everybody because obviously you reflect on it on your own probably every now and again but being able to reflect on it with everybody else how was that?
1: It it was absolutely amazing I mean some of those uh, people I haven't seen since 2002, maybe 2003, uh, when I played in the Europeans as well, but um, it, it was just absolutely wonderful to see them all again, and to just—I um, think I spent most of the t- time just listening to them, <laughs> <laughs> just listening to their reflections on things, and because and, we all remember different stuff yeah. uh, and uh, different little parts of the same happening, and it was—it was, it was uh, absolutely wonderful. So thankful to Shona for doing that because. I wouldn't have thought about it. Wouldn't have thought about it at all. And just to see Pete uh, and Morgan, Mike and Simon and and everybody else—it was just absolutely wonderful. (laughs) So that was a great initiative. I think more people should do that. Yeah, they'd have fun. It was great fun.
0: Yeah, no, it was great. And every time that I could see, there was another episode coming out. Even I was excited to uh, (laughs) sit there and be like, "Oh, I'm going to quite happily be a band geek right now and listen to this and watch this YouTube video." Yeah, there's some um, great stuff there. Yeah, so obviously in um, 2002, after completing your Master's in Musicology at the University of Manchester, you decided to return back to Norway. How did your career progress then after leaving the UK and leaving YBS? How did your career progress once you'd well, come back to Norway?
1: Well, it, it went um, straight into teaching, basically. I, start, I came back to Bergen uh, and I just started teaching just little jobs here and there. And then I moved over to the East Coast and, and got a lot of work teaching and conducting wind bands and, and youth bands. And uh, so it, it just went into that direction. Um, I also did my teacher training course then, just to have the qualifications, important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I, don't, I, I was playing euphonium. I didn't play baritone for well over 10 years. Uh, until I came back to the West Coast, actually. So, but but um, no, it was, it was more of a, yeah, straight into teaching. Not much um, playing other than in band. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, I, I played in a band called Sandefjord, Brass Symposium. A great bunch. Um, but when you've come from something like YBS and you're out playing every weekend and rehearsals twice a week at least, and then you come to a band that's playing once a week, and uh, there's a concert. Well, maybe there's six concerts a year. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a bit different. But but I mean, it was it was fine by me. I, w- I was ready for that. It was what I was used to anyway from before. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe probably YBS was the was the, the fast lane, and then I got back into the <laughs> slow <laughs> lane for a little bit. <laughs> but no, it it was good. And I, and I got into the conducting, which which I absolutely love doing. I, I um I had a couple of wind bands. Um, which was quite new to me. I'm from, from brass band country over here. And uh, wind bands was very exciting. But, um, but it, was, no, it was great. Um, and also my youth bands. I had uh, was it three or four youth bands lined up. So that, that was great fun. Mm-hmm. And then um, obviously a, a job came up at the Folk Laird School. Yeah. And uh, growing up here at the Folk Laird School with the brass band course and everything going here, uh, it's just a dream come true if you get a job here then you're lucky and like well you've seen the teachers nobody ever leaves no. <laughs> <laughs> so, they started this new course and, and and that's how I ended up here back here yeah did
0: you ever consider staying in the UK or have you ever thought about moving back after obviously you came back to Norway did you ever think about staying just to to continue brass banding or
1: yeah of course I did <laughs> I did it was just a uh, you know, circumstances in life and uh, missing home, and uh, I had my little nephews that I missed a lot, and I didn't want to really miss them growing up. So, there's a lot of things pulling me back to, to Norway, but there were, there were loads of um, I mean, I, I could have just stayed on. That, that would have been just as easy and, and come here and visit. So, but I chose to come back. But I've thought about it a lot. What, what would life be like if I had stayed? What would have happened? And yeah. um, how would everything look today? <laughs> well,
0: life would be completely different.
1: Very different.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> so obviously, uh, you mentioned uh, just before that in 2013, you obviously returned back to Manga Music Flag, obviously after being there previously, obviously before you studied at Salford. What was it like to return back to the band? Obviously after quite a bit of time away from Manga... Yeah. And obviously you'd been playing for YBS, and obviously you're saying you've been and doing a lot of teaching and not as much playing. What was it like to return back to manga and top championship section level playing and more intensity again? What was what was it like?
1: It was great, absolutely great. I was ready for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back in the fast lane. No, it was um, yeah, I needed it uh, at the time. I was absolutely desperate to do more playing. Um, I, I didn't I didn't join back in my club like until 2014 but I came back here in 13 mm-hmm. and I, I did um I did some just played with some bands but I didn't do anything I didn't join any bands um, so, so when they phoned me and asked if I would like to join them again on first baritone um, well second baritone first baritone kind of a thing to start with because the first baritone player was going to leave and they wondered if I would come and then just swoop in there mm-hmm. <laughs> So that there was that thing as well. That was it was great. It was great fun. And I was I was absolutely ready to to start again with the high level. And um once you're in that, that there's a kind of a patience that um when you play with someone on a really high level, you're used to everything happening really quickly. People know their parts and they just get it done and they don't spend rehearsal time with the band trying to learn their parts. <laughs> and this this was obviously something that i had to well i had to practice my patience when uh, <laughs> when i when i came back here cuz it, it's not the way it works here i mean if you, if you're playing for a lower section band then you have to accept that that people are on a different level and that it's going to take time to learn music and, and everybody's doing as good as they can and that's absolutely fine but then coming back to manga that was kind of i could i could breathe again just like slightly faster tempo that was great for me yeah for me that that worked absolutely fine so yeah no it, it was good and it was um, loads of experiences and fantastic performances with with the band in in the nationals and in did this this entertainment contest and concerts and that was great it was, it was like coming home just that none of the players that well not all of the some of the players that i've played with were there but not all of them so it was yep. uh, a completely new fresh band fresh faces very interesting yeah
0: mm-hmm. what have been some of your highlights while you were at manga
1: i think one of my absolute highlights was being allowed to play a piece by my good friend tom devoren song to the sea she wrote for brett baker um, that that he allowed me to play on my baritone. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely amazing. That was a that was a great great moment. But also at the nationals, some fantastic moments there. Perihelion with Philip Harper conducting. That was amazing. And uh, oh, this piece—it's just called dash 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 by uh, Ludovic. I can't remember his name. <laughs> 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 Sorry, but uh, we did that with Peter Silvey just a couple of years ago, and um, that was just phenomenal, just to sit there. But the best thing about, about manga is, is just the social environment there. They are so pro each other. Mm. Everybody's got each other's back, and uh, it's all very real and heartfelt, and uh, just love to do stuff and, and hang out and go to the movies, go play shuffleboard, have a party... Dance, whatever the the fun gang yep. so yeah I miss that a bit yeah yeah the
0: um the band in family side of things as you, as yeah you might say.
1: yeah absolutely yeah.
0: <laughs> so I I've had the privilege of being able to perform at, and attend the Norwegian Nationals to sit there and watch and you know obviously I wasn't I didn't play in the top section when I played but I still played and I I think that The norwegian nationals is an absolutely incredible event it's an incredible weekend and in my experience there i always found that the hall was always very full everyone always had a massive thunderous applause and there's always cheering in the hall and personally like i think that the kind of appreciation for banding in norway is absolutely massive in comparison, to the UK, you know, we don't quite get the big cheers and screams at the end of performances always um, here, and I just think the appreciation for banding is just massive in Norway. Um, would you kind of, would you agree? And where do you think the kind of enthusiasm and appreciation for it comes from?
1: I, I absolutely agree. It's it's just amazing when you when you walk into the Grieg Hall you're standing at the back waiting around and, and you walk into that big hall, Rose's play, and someone somewhere knows you and they shout out for you and they're just cheering away. And it, it's absolutely amazing. It makes you feel like a winner. You're walking on there feeling really good and you sit down uh, and you're ready to take on the world or get nervous or, or whatever. But I mean, <laughs> it, it's just, it's a fantastic reception you get there. And I think possibly... I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure if they're warmer. They just show it in a different way. Mm. They're, they're very. It's not difficult to just show appreciation. It's what you're supposed to do. Mm. Um, obviously, we have some some characters uh, that have come in on the sidelines a couple of years ago, uh, who have uh, made it even bigger. The Swedish Vikings. I mean, they've all been to the Firkas school. Some yeah. so here with you. <laughs> And that's great fun, but I mean, if, if you have any sort of uh, affiliation with a folk high school, then you're bound to get a huge cheer when you walk into that hole. And, um, and other people will just join in because thinking, yep, yeah, that's my band. That's, I know these people. That's wonderful. And everybody wants everybody to do well. I think, I think that's pro- probably one of the main things is, is you get the feeling that people want you to play well. Mm-hmm. They want you to to give it your best and for you to have a good experience, and, and that's that's maybe a bit different. If you if you get in walking into a hall in England, um, I'm not not saying all halls or anything like that, but but some of them audience is so close and you feel like they're hanging over, there yeah. ready to touch you, or and 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 they're just looking at you and they might not be thinking anything at all, but some you just you give them thoughts, don't you? Yeah. Oh, oh, that was a bit of a stare. Yeah, oh dear. But um, I don't know if if the Norwegians appreciate it more, but or maybe they do. Mm. Maybe it, I mean it's um, so far between everything here that if if you have a band in your village, then everybody roots for that for their band. That's the feeling I get anyway. I'm not sure how it works for for the wind band nationals. If it if it's the same kind of that that would be interesting to see. Yeah, that's the girlfriend. Up and check it out if that's the same kind of reception there or if it's just the brass band because yeah. they're well I think they're all they all feel like they're one big family that weekend the nationals mm-hmm. weekend everybody's been looking forward to it for so long practicing for months to get this far and and it just it matters for them mm-hmm. so and it kind of uh, everybody has their team it's like football yeah <laughs> <laughs> something like that yeah yeah
0: no, it's great, and obviously, when I when I've been there, I always kind of the Norwegian audience. I kind of it does feel like it has this friendlier audience, as you say, like they're wanting you to do well. As sometimes I feel, and you know, in my experience banding in the UK, sometimes I feel like some people might be sat there say, thinking. Right, when are they going to split a note, when are they going to mess up, sometimes, and I've never felt that in when I've been at the Norwegian Nationals, it's not, I don't, I've never felt that same kind of, when are you going to mess up, and oh, what's going on there, and like that. Obviously, you, you think it's, you feel it's much more friendly. Do you find it, from your experience, obviously, when you were over here, and what have you, do you find the kind of audience or the contesting experience any kind of more intimidating, or less
1: intimidating or Hmm. I I think the contesting in Norway is less intimidating Mm -hmm. Uh, I do Um, in Britain you have uh, I mean apart from some entertainment contests, it's mainly just set pieces isn't it everybody's playing the same piece and and um, the nationals in Norway on the Friday for for the elite section anyway which is like top championship section Mm -hmm. the elite section plays set piece on Friday and own choice on Saturday and the friday has has uh, probably got a slightly diff- different atmosphere mm-hmm. than the Saturday. Saturdays just show where you get to choose your piece and everybody's chosen something that shows their band to the best potential but But the Friday when everybody has to be judged out from the same pages that that's probably slightly different but um I think it's less intimidating yeah there there's uh obviously there's more space mm-hmm. if if you go play in Birmingham then you kind of get the same feeling because there's a lot more space. Mm. It's not as intimidating as St. George's Hall, (laughs) which is very close. (laughs) Uh, But um, I I was at the Nationals in Albert Hall a couple of years ago. It was... I was there. uh, Yeah, the Howard Snell piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We met up, didn't we? We did, yeah. We did. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I remember sitting there listening to to a band and thinking, well, well, it's easy to find the differences in your own opinion isn't it I mean yeah. I'm very glad I didn't have to sit there and adjudicate that would be difficult <laughs> but um just listening to some of the comments around me it was uh, slightly uncomfortable mm. sometimes but I, I think you can get that at Norwegian Nationals as well if someone has a very strong opinion and and thinks everybody should listen to them then they're going to voice it and mm. you get those kind of opinions everywhere but you can just choose not to that have to listen to them they just just filter them out and, and have your own opinion i think yeah very important to yeah. just trust your own instinct there
0: um so you did um uh, you said there how obviously the norwegian nationals has the two two days of the contest the the set test and the own choice which is obviously very similar to the europeans yeah um, and obviously like what well my kind of question is obviously i've never well, i've done it once i've con- done that kind of contest once i played for Jot at the Swedish Nationals where yeah. I played two pieces but other than that experience I've never personally had work on two test pieces and be able to play them both in one weekend but obviously in Norway that's a yearly occurrence and obviously for mm. UK bands it's obviously there's one band that represents that the Europeans so it's not very common that we actually have to prepare the two pieces at the same time but what's the kind of mentality that you go into in like the preparation? For that because obviously you obviously have a rock hard set test piece and obviously like you say your bands choose an own choice that shows off all the band which is equally going to be just as difficult and obviously major works for brass band what's that mentality like and the the preparation and
1: well you kind of have to be you have to be good at putting the two pieces like keeping them apart you you can't mix them up too much because you have one mindset for in, in my opinion, you have one mindset for the set piece, which is every note has to be placed completely perfect uh, and uh, done exactly as the composer writes, that there's not much room for personal interpretation. Of course, there's some because every performance is different, but but you have to follow it um, and you have to make sure everything is right in, in that one. So you have to put down most time uh, for the technical issues in that piece to get it right, uh, which can be really, really challenging at times, um, especially if it's a piece you're not too fond of, because I mean we're not going to like every piece we get, and that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. um, but but you just got to get over it and uh, and play anyway, which mm-hmm. is what we all do. Uh, but but it's it's such pressure because you know everybody else is playing this exact same piece. Everybody is fantastic players. Um, Every, every band has fantastic players and how are, how are they going to interpret it? How, how are they going to do this and who's going to be closest? So um, I think that's the one that they are strictest about. You have to get that right. You have to make sure that's right. But then when you get to the own choice piece, sometimes you feel that, oh, have we really spent enough time on this? Have have we practiced this piece? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Spend so much time on the set piece that you, you, you kind of have to just push the own choice piece to one side, kind of find, find time for the own choice piece after spending most of your time on the set piece to get that correct. And that leaves a lot of excitement, I feel, for the own choice piece because you're not as secure in everything on that piece, maybe, because you haven't spent that many, that same amount of hours on the own choice piece. But it might be 10 times more difficult. Mm-hmm. but it just has, has to gel. You spend so many hours. You want to get in a couple of rehearsals before Christmas, uh, just so that the band can know what it's about and spend the Christmas holiday practicing. And then it's, oh, with manga, a normal week, they practice once a week. But up towards contest they practice twice a week and uh, most weekends, mm-hmm. I'd say, probably, well, three out of five, definitely, yeah. And and it, it's very, very intense and you just got to gotta get on with it. But it's it's a lot of fun. And at least you're not stuck with just one piece. No,
0: not
1: true. <laughs> yeah. Which was what I always liked about about the Europeans and, and Norwegian nationals was that yeah, you had the choice of if, if you didn't like one of the pieces then you probably liked the other one. Mm-hmm. And and you could just get on with it and get through it and yeah. But before, uh, in earlier days, in the nineties, they used to have a set piece and the own choice piece on Saturday. So on the same the first- day. Yeah, the first first half of the day would be a set piece and then the second half of the day would be the own choice piece. Now that meant that you had to have the uh, chops of steel. Oh my So yeah. I know. That's quite quite horrendous. I think um, there was one year that uh Iconel drew last on the set piece and first on the own choice. Oh no. and I, I think it was them, I might be wrong, but it was one of the bands anyway. Yeah. And and that was um yeah, that intense. was quite hard. Yeah, and, and you know, when, when you're on a contest stage, you give more, don't you? You yeah. always give it just a bit more, so you're yeah. absolutely knackered at the end of the performance, even though it's just 15 minutes or something like that. And you've been practicing for hours, I mean, yeah. and 15 minutes just kills you. Yeah. But but that's that's how much you give, and then you have to go and just get ready for the next one, which is crazy. I don't
0: think I'd, <laughs> honestly, I don't think my brain would be able to cope with having two performances on the same day it's bad enough getting nervous for one performance let alone the relief of having doing one and then getting nervous all over again because you've got another one to do
1: yeah at at least now with with the two days then you can you can play a set piece on the friday and then you go back to the band room and switch your mind over to the next piece and then you're ready Uh, and then you have the night to just get into it and calm down and start again uh, let your lips recover a little bit yeah (laughs) yeah Actually, I remember when we did the Europeans with Five VBS, you'd have, have the set piece one day and then the own choice the next day and then we had the festival concert. And yep. I think probably in uh, 98, I'm wondering, I'm not quite sure, someone else will have to correct me, but I think it was set piece and own choice the same day and then rehearsal, obviously, for festival concert and festival concert. But yeah, that's amazing. That. That's, that's a lot. That's a
0: lot, my hat's off to you. Like I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't. <laughs> I
1: think you just you just get into it and you just think, yeah, well, it's got to happen. So there you go. I suppose
0: yeah. you just get on with it. I suppose, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: you did mention before about SIDIS, obviously, which is kind of the equivalent to the UK's Brassing Concert in some respects, of so the kind of more entertainment contest, a program of music rather than a rather than a set test. Mm. Um and obviously you performed at both and only a few years ago you came over and performed with Manga at Brass in Concert didn't you? Yeah. Um And I don't know if I equally it's another one I don't know whether you agree with me but I always find like the performances that are given at Sidis are a little bit more out there they're a little bit more modern and pushing the boundaries of traditional brass banding and I don't know. Perhaps maybe in in the UK we're just a bit reserved and would want to stick to our roots a bit more. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, do you agree? What's it like on your side of things? Do you think Norway a Norwegian band is pushing pushing things and changing things?
1: I think they probably have been and still still are because they're they're doing a lot of uh, new stuff every every like entertainment contest. It's, there's a lot of new music there. It's either arranged or composed for the occasion you have people like martin winter who, who composes a lot of of stuff and and it's uh proper program music you have you have a story behind it and, and quite often you have costumes which <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> a lot of fun or oh, you have to make a, a some sort of picasso-like sculpture for middle which i had to do for when we came over for granting concert yeah mm-hmm. that was funny um but um a lot a lot of this new music has come from composers and arrangers who were around when uh, when we came to Norway uh, and the brass band course started here at Manga. Uh, it, it's it's kind of a hub and, and I talk about it a lot, but it, it's kind of a hub for what happened further on down the line in Norway and and a lot of these uh, people came to the course and they had they listened to loads of pieces and were introduced to new music. Um, and my dad was he absolutely loved new music, contemporary music, and he made them listen to it and, and they listened to Tower of Power and they had a lot of fun and they wanted to play that. They wanted to push the boundaries and then you have composers like Tuchstein Ogon Nilsson, who's also a teacher at the manga and he, he was here in those early years, and he, he keeps pushing the boundaries as well. But they they want to do something new. They don't want to just play the old style music. But then you have bands like Biosphere who suddenly decide that no, actually we do want to play the old type music, and then they go to see this with a completely standard program with a march and a solo, and and people love it. So, so I think you have you have absolutely everything in those contests, and and you're just going to be open to ev- to whatever comes. Mm-hmm. I remember when we did the, what was it, Cry of the Celts or something like that, uh, and we had to do it without music. Uh, for Spenimore or something like that That was that was out there I, f- I felt that was out there but at the same time Manga was here uh, playing uh, at Sidis music where they, they played without music but they were wearing like uh, monk's robes <laughs> and singing and chanting and <laughs> it kind of went from there and then it just went whoosh in, in Norway everybody went out in that direction and tried to make something new and exciting and move around the stage and switch up how everybody was sat and and um, whereas in in England apart part from us doing that crowd of cups it, it wasn't really it didn't really take with all the choreography but the music did so they, they loved music but but they could leave the choreography yeah. which was uh, <laughs> probably just as well <laughs> but, but I
0: think it's great what you know the kind of contrast that you still do have in and changing things and you know I think you know banding does it does need that the new stuff i don't think it should be stuck playing the same matches for obviously it still does but you know it, it does need change and i think it what obviously in norway and obviously other countries as well that bring to it as well as obviously the uk do bring stuff to it as well you know i think it's great and it does need equally change and i think banding is going in a complete different direction to what it used to be and the appreciation is changing but i think it's great mm. i think it is having a great kind of, like, zhuzh in the right mm. direction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just listen to what, I mean, what, what Hammonds did with uh, that, um, is it an in, Indian guy?
0: Yeah, with Shree. Yeah, yeah Sri, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, I heard that up in the uh, Brasson concert. It was amazing. It was, yeah. it was really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. Why not? I mean, that, that's what it's all about, finding something that you like and and, and try it. I mean, every, everybody can do it. In In manga, we used to... When we had a programme that was set up, we'd find pieces that they would like to do. You had some cornet players who were also trumpet players who could just play jazz. They could play funk. They could, they could basically do anything. And then the next second sit down and play a sweet little cornet solo. Yeah. And it's, it's just the ability to do that and then make other people feel that they can do it too. Because I think a lot of the time it's that we feel we're not competent enough in that style of music to play it but if you don't try then you're never going to be competent enough and and it's just about listening to the people around you and going with the flow so we arranged loads of stuff uh, um, for that style uh, and and obviously with uh, with people uh, arranging like Red Gillia from Aikanga but he's an absolutely amazing arranger and he, he's done some music that is just Phenomenal that all the bands here want to play again and again and again. And you have Sanhánik Yska, who pulls a completely new uh, musical language into it, but a lot of the same style as well. And then you have Tuuskan Oganilsmi, who will arrange stuff as well as compose stuff, but he, he just switches everything around so it sounds fresh and new, and it's it's exciting. Mm. And uh, I think as as a band, it, it's exciting to do something new, not the not the same thing over and over again, because uh, I remember from uh, from the YBS days, you had some concerts where uh, you went to certain places and it was expected that you would play this march, that overture, the cornet would play this solo, the euphonium would play that variation solo. And and of course, you want to make them happy. You want to play that for them. They've asked you to come for a concert. You've got to do it. And so they did. But it also means that you can't really put a lot of new stuff in. And like we, I think we did, uh, you, you couldn't play big big pieces, like a, a massive big contest piece no. on a concert. That wasn't really what you did. I remember we did it before the Europeans once, uh, because we had a concert very close up to the Europeans. And I think we were playing Odyssey or something like that. And we played the last half of it. And uh, David King was telling them about it and asking them to have patience. And just listen to us while we play this. Help us out, we're going to the Europeans. Um, and then we played it, but they weren't really impressed. <laughs> Wondering what they've come to hear. (laughs) Whereas here you can you can um, it's kind of expected it's expected that you have a big piece on your Mm programme. If you don't have like if Eikanger plays a concert and and it's a long concert, two halves, if you don't have a big piece, then everybody's going, Why? Why is that? Yeah. I want to hear a big piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um so so more than often they will and, and it's great for us to do it because you don't get to play big pieces that often in Norway at a contest it's that one time a year yeah whereas you guys get to play them five six yeah. times at all the different contests a bit yeah. more than
0: that yeah, well, I suppose yeah, yeah more. I you Get it once a year some obviously depending on how many contests you decide to go to and then yeah. it, it, like i suppose it can be quite a few i mean i think for myself it's normally obviously there's the areas the new brass pass band of the year was oh yeah a couple of years ago so that was a new one that's um obviously the opening of the nationals and brassing concert for the you know, yeah, so, I love banding, yeah. I love contests. I
1: know, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun! <laughs> so obviously, besides playing, obviously you do mm. enjoy
0: conducting, and obviously pre-pandemic, you were conducting manga Old Stars Band, and you came over, didn't you, and performed at Witchhaven in, I think it's 2019? Um, yeah, yeah. Will you be, obviously, when restrictions and... Covid is no longer, I'm assuming you'll be going back to conducting more? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah
1: mm. definitely. I mean, uh, the Manga Old Star Band is, is a fantastic group of people and they used to play in, uh, some of them used to play in Manga uh, back in the day, as they call it, or Rade, which is another local first section band. And and they just, they, they don't want to stop playing, but they don't want to play at that level anymore. Mm-hmm. And they want to enjoy... Uh, each other's company and play good music and they absolutely love traditional music absolutely love it and and uh, they've gone over to to England for contests now that I mean that was the third year in a row they were over right. doing yeah. contests yeah balls over they did I think yeah. I think that's what it's called yeah, yeah. um but Witchhaven was was great that was that was great fun and uh they were just superstars the whole way it was great because Shona was adjudicating one of the contests that we, yeah. we did. So that so was uh, <laughs> the... Oh, oh, there she is. Wow, <laughs> that was great. Okay. But um, no, they love doing it and, and they will definitely come back over and they were going to come over uh, last year. But obviously, no. Yeah. Uh, not happening. Mm. But, but, think... uh, but they will be back, definitely. Yeah.
0: Do you think they'll come and do like a Whip Friday or do you think they'll kind of come to one of the... Witchhaven haven or Bolsover contests
1: i think it's probably probably witch haven or Bolsover they're not a whit friday kind of band <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you get them out marching <laughs> you never know <laughs> you never know
0: and obviously you're looking mm-hmm. forward to conducting uh Flatland later yeah. in the year
1: um, yeah that's very exciting what yeah.
0: have you got what projects have you got lined up with them
1: uh well that's that's all the normal all the normal stuff for a Norwegian band. So that'll be like start of concerts, Siddis, mm-hmm. Christmas, uh, Nationals, and maybe, well, I, don't, I don't know, projects, just just concerts basically. Mm-hmm. There's also this um, festival called uh, Oslo Brass Festival, which is a competition in Oslo. A lot of fun, mm-hmm. um, so maybe, maybe something like that, I'm not sure. But uh, it's going to be great. Uh, they're, they're a first-section band and they're very eager and, and uh, they want to do a lot. So mm. I can't wait to to see what that's like.
0: Yeah, that sounds really exciting for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. Um,
0: so obviously for the people listening to this podcast that know me personally, my friends and family will know that I came and studied at Manga Folk Hog School when I was 16, which is up to five years ago and <gasps> i can't believe it's nearly five
1: years <laughs> but it, it is it, it's, i was just actually looking at because uh, i'm at school right now i was looking yeah. at uh, the photos at the hallway and i was like what year was it oh it was that yeah, yeah. A, it, long ago, <laughs> 16, a long time 17. ago 16 yeah. 17 yeah
0: yeah but I absolutely um, loved my time at the school. And obviously, since I went to the school, Laura and Emma Conway and Seb Williman have all come to the school after I told them all about it and how much I loved it. Welcome. Um, <laughs> and obviously, now they play for Black Dyke and Fairies. Grimethorpe and obviously myself Sir Hammonds and obviously this kind of this history that Manga Folk School has because it's a great long history is kind of now influencing the upcoming players in the UK how was that for the school and obviously has that has it influenced has it changed the school have you got has the reputation changed has anything like that happened since the kind of influx of English students have come in?
1: (laughs) Well, we've uh, we've always had very close ties to England, and uh, you guys coming over was absolutely amazing. That that was great because it, it was it's been a long while since we'd had any any British students at all, and uh, obviously the quality of, of all of your playing is, is just inspirational for for the kids here and for us. I mean, just being able to do do the Dundee. That, yeah, did we do that on yeah, the study on the trip tour, Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's amazing. Um and and it's it's um it does wonders for us as a as a school. I mean uh, it, it always has done. We've always had people come in like um my dad came in from he was he was invited over to play and people like Martin Winter and Rod Franks. There's always been an inspiration from there but to have students we had Robin Taylor, and we've had um, David Roberts. He was here, and yeah. So, but that's many years ago. So it was uh, it was really nice to have some English students again, uh, and just to to show some of the Norwegian students how how different our worlds really are, mm-hmm. but same in a way. But I mean, you guys come with a whole different baggage. Uh, yeah. Uh, of tuition with the grade system and all that mm-hmm. we, we don't really use that system over here at all it's your own motivation that drives you if you want to be good at playing then then go practice mm-hmm. basically yeah. <laughs> you don't have any teachers telling you that you have to do this or that a lot of the time but it, but it was that uh, no it was absolutely great some difficulties as well having to do theory lessons in both Norwegian and English that was uh admirable <laughs> back me up done. on that one <laughs> <laughs> it was fun it was fun them. no no it was, it was great it was a great inspiration for everybody um, mm. obviously
0: for the people listening that don't know anything about the school um and just thinking what's this school you're talking about I've never heard of it could you mm. just give a very brief overview of what life at the school is like what the courses are like just very briefly for those that have no idea what go- we're going on about here
1: so a folk school is a, a kind of a gap year before you go to university uh, where Scandinavian uh, students go and they seek their hobbies or interests. And it could be anything from, from rock climbing to politics or environment issues or music, arts, anything you want to do. We have over 80 schools in, in Norway. Um, so there's, there's a huge variety of stuff you can do. Manga is now a... Uh, music school has only music courses and the only brass band course in basically the world yeah um, and what you do is you come here and you play in a brass band you play ensembles you have conducting lessons and teaching lessons and you listen to brass band and classical music and then you have to have lessons with the other kids as well I mean when you were here we had school choir Yeah. Remember some Norwegian from that, maybe? I, I, <laughs> I won't let you sing. Uh, I think I've
0: blagged my way through trying to think <laughs> some of the Norwegian.
1: <laughs> but ba- basically, it, it's, it's a gap here where you get to do your hobby. You get to spend time with people who are interested in the same thing as you. And for a lot of our students, they, they take this time to uh, work, up, work up towards uh, auditions. For for some sort of music school, if they want to... I mean, what we have is Vigilagona, which is your A-levels. I mean, they're very, very stressful. You have to get good grades and you have to do well to get into the school you want to go to. And so you don't don't have time to practice as much and really work up towards the auditions at the Soka school you do. And uh, and we can work everything around what you want to do. I mean, we don't have any exams. There's no auditions to come in here. Um, And anything you learn comes from your own motivation. So if you're motivated, then you can do absolutely anything. If you're not, then you're not. And that's fine. Uh, some people come here to develop their social skills, if that's what they want to do. Because, I mean, you know, you know what it's like here living. It's a boarding school. Mm-hmm. They're you're there 24 seven, every meal is together. You live with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not much chance to be completely alone. Of course you can if you need to, but, but um, you really develop your social skills in a way. And you develop tolerance and acceptance of others that is mm-hmm. absolutely key to life. Yeah. yeah,
0: and obviously it's important to say that the school is in a very small town, and it's not <laughs> close to the city, there's not loads in the town. Um, so it's not like you can just go off into the town oh I'm gonna go to this you know go and gonna go shopping today like not the case you're in kind of in the
1: middle of nowhere not... oh yeah yeah kind of on the outskirts <laughs> of nowhere really yeah. <laughs> I mean the northern sea is is next stop it's an island mm-hmm. and uh well, we have two food shops we actually have a pizza shop now did oh, we have that when you were here no no, that's well. exciting. See, uh, development. wine <laughs> <laughs> Monopoly, they've got here as well. Yeah, Didn't have back a, then. I
0: think so.
1: It was a, oh, was a it? Small, yeah. It was yeah. a small
0: one inside the.
1: Tiny, yeah. 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 But I mean, it, it's a very small place. And if you want to go somewhere, you have to plan. Yeah. <laughs> like to all these concerts that, that are happening in town or something. I mean, we, we have school cars and, and students can borrow them to go listen to concerts. But you have to plan. And it takes, what, 45-50 minutes to get there? Yeah yeah not a lot of (laughs) crazy stuff going on (laughs) but I'm
0: not I'm absolutely not afraid to say that going to manga going to the school absolutely changed my life like and changed how I came back to the UK changed the person that I was I went as one person and I came back to the UK someone else um and I absolutely loved every single minute that I was there and I have made lifelong friends because Mm. You know, and obviously I've not been able to visit Norway for a couple of years now. Um, But obviously I've had friends come and visit me in the UK and I absolutely loved it. And I, you know, I'm sure Laura and Emma and Seb absolutely loved their time. Well, I know they absolutely loved their time because obviously they've told me that. But I absolutely loved going to the school. But would you be, obviously, is the school... Like happy to have English students again.
1: And... Oh, definitely, absolutely, no problem. We would invite anybody at any time. We, we can can search us, uh, you can Google us, and, and and find us. And there's an English application form online. Yep. So um, uh, I, I think a, a year at the Focus School is always a, a unique experience for everybody, and everybody draws what might not be what you wanted to get out of the year, but it might probably was what you needed. Mm. Uh, at, some level, uh, and it's there's always so something to learn, isn't there? And always. for for us working here, we learn something absolutely every day. It it's amazing, uh, and um, you just get so many experiences. I mean, like this year with the COVID, and no bands are practicing anywhere, mm-hmm. but we are at the focus yeah. school. We're practicing three times a week, no problem. I'm so,
0: <laughs> I'm so jealous. I'm so. I can
1: jealous. imagine. I'm a bit jealous, and I'm even here. So yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be conducting my band outside of, of the focus school, but, but at least I get to conduct now. And yeah. um, and it was it was my turn to go on a study trip and, and conduct. And mm-hmm. it would have been fun, but I'm yeah. um, just as happy to, we're, we're setting up our study week, we're calling it study week instead of study trips now yeah. here. And we've got loads of guests, uh, digital and a couple that are actually going to come out here. Um, but loads of digital guests and we're going to have a little concert with loads of solo pieces and ensembles and yeah, it's going to That's be it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah,
0: making the most of um, what you can do.
1: And... Yeah, you have to, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a horrible situation for everybody but we have to get through it and do as well as we can and with this being a boarding school um, it's basically like one family so we can do these things and we don't take it for granted. All the students are very aware of how lucky they are right now yeah
0: I'd be if 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 I was I could be at the school now whilst the world is going on like this yeah I think I'd I'd be <laughs> would be taking every moment I'd be loving every moment even more than I did when I was at the school because it's a, a very lucky position to be in and mm-hmm. mm. but obviously yeah. you don't just have the brass band course no. and I believe you've had some new courses since I came to the yeah. school um obviously this there's People listening to this that are like, oh, this sounds really cool. Obviously, all of us that have come to the school from England have been on the Brass band course. Would, could people come on other courses if they wanted?
1: Well, absolutely. We've had uh, people from America, from uh, Iceland, from Ecuador. Was there an Ecuadorian here when you were here? No, no, that wasn't No, me. no. Um, from anywhere. I mean, it really doesn't matter. We had, we had uh, an Icelandic girl on uh, the singer-songwriter course I mean, the courses we have, we have our uh, brass band, obviously, uh, band like rock band, jazz band, anything like that. Uh, Singer-songwriter, music production. We now have hip hop, which is Ooh. really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, um, we have um, music, living and leisure, which is a, a special needs course, and we have two new courses starting up uh, this autumn, which is music and health. So if you want, if you want to go into music <laughs> therapy and uh, also we have a stipend course which is like a second year course for students who want to go and uh, be mainly like, linked up to one of the courses but they have different subjects in yep. uh, leading and yeah so it's, it's uh, a lot going on and anybody can come onto any course yeah uh yeah amazing an application yeah <laughs> it's I, th- I think it's it's a lot of fun for everybody here yeah absolutely I mean, last year wasn't that much fun, and they had to be sent home halfway through, but yeah. they they coped, yeah. But, yeah. Nah, amazing,
0: and obviously <laughs> the school is, is flourishing with its new courses and everything, and yeah. I, it's that's so nice to hear, and everything's going well, I'm so yeah. um, pleased to hear that, and only wish that I could come back and relive come back <laughs> even visit, you'd be welcome even,
1: to yeah just even, come visit even,
0: even visit for like a weekend like i'd love for that just you know oh that'd be great <laughs> next time you come over for contest
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> for sure for
0: sure for sure well this has been absolutely lovely i've Thoroughly enjoyed having to chat to you and being able to pick your brains. It's been amazing and hear everything about everything that's going on and what have you. But my my last question really is, what's next? What's next for you? Where's your career going? What's what's happening the
1: next? Well, that's a bit of a tough question. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I mean, I'm staying here at the school as as uh, deputy principal conducting um obviously going to fleslan will be like a step up section wise so mm-hmm. that'll be really interesting to see see how that is and um also um i have I have the yamaha appointment um being an ambassador there so i might be doing some teaching down to europe mm-hmm. uh, when we're allowed to travel again when we're allowed so, to travel. <laughs> yeah so that that's really exciting i'm looking forward to that to see see what happens there but basically it's just being here yeah. having a I mean it's great I love it mm-hmm. wouldn't change it yeah.
0: fantastic amazing and obviously thank you again for being on the podcast it's an absolute privilege to have you on and I know that people are excited to listen to this episode but thank you for giving up your time and being on the podcast
1: well, thank you for inviting me <laughs> you're it's very right. very kind you're
0: welcome. <laughs> So thank you, obviously, for listening. This is the fourth episode of The Brasscast, which is so exciting. The amount of people that are coming and listening to the podcast every time is growing and growing. So that's um, amazing to hear. Obviously, don't forget to keep up to date with everything The Brasscast on Facebook and Instagram. And if this is the first time you're listening, go and catch up on the previous episodes. There's now been episodes with Morgan Griffiths, Philip McCann, and Lee Brig, which are all fantastic and you will absolutely enjoy them i am sure thanks for listening Uh, keep up to date with everything the brass cast and yeah that's all for now thank you once again to margie for being on and to everyone listening i hope you're keeping safe but for now take care and bye bye